In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. We all have wonderful names that we hear of in the scriptures concerning Jesus. He is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, the gate, the door, the vine, and you are the branches. But one of the names that we give to Jesus, I think we rarely ever use. Maybe we don't even describe him this way. He is one who is a friend of sinners. Jesus eats with sinners today in our gospel reading. And if you were to eat with sinners, that means that you want to be associated with them. They were in many ways like a family to you. These are my peeps, you might say. These are my people. This is who I want to hang out with. What about you? Who would you be seen with at a table with in a restaurant? And who would you flee from ever being seen with? It's probably the people that you look at and say, I can't believe they're doing that with their life. I can't believe they're acting or living this way. I would never be caught dead, let alone alive, and sharing a meal with those people. But why? Why is Jesus the friend of sinners? Why is Jesus found today eating with tax collectors? The IRS, ooh, all right? And the prostitutes, ooh, all right? People that we look at and we despise. It's because they're lost. And in many ways, they don't realize it. You've all been acquainted with losing things. I regularly misplace my phone, my wallet, and my keys. Hardly all at the same time, but it probably has happened for me. What happens when you misplace your wallet or your keys? Life stops. It usually happens right as you're ready ready to go out. Maybe you have your keys, but you don't have your wallet that has your license or your purse. You can't do anything. You're stuck. You're headed out the door, and then you're back in the door. If I don't have my wallet, am I even myself? I don't have my ID. How would I prove who I am? If I don't have my keys, how will I go to work? How will I drive my kids to where they need to go? How will I get into my house? If I lose my phone, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. My world is falling apart. I can't get those texts and those messages from people. I can't see who's winning the Brewers game. And I know you're like that as well with your phone. If you don't have it, you get a little twitchy, shaky. When we lose things, all that we can think about is finding them. Ordinarily, I will find any of these items in the span of five or ten minutes. I'll look everywhere, the usual spots, the unusual spots. I'll go to the office, I'll check under the bed, I'll check the vehicles, under and over everything. I can't think of anything else until I find that thing that is lost. So it should help us today to understand what Jesus really means with these stories today. I had a favorite pectoral crucifix 
that was on a chain that I used to wear. I lost it one day and I couldn't find it. This cross was a gift to me from a friend of mine who went to Constantinople in Turkey. I house sat for him and he gave it to me. It was made out of real silver and I loved it. It was like nothing else I'd ever seen. I looked for this crucifix everywhere and I couldn't find it. About a year later, after losing it, I had a flat tire. I opened up the back trunk of my car, took out the spare tire, and lo and behold, there was the crucifix sitting under the tire. I don't know how it got there. I hate to say it, but I lost it again. (laughs) However, when I found it, I was excited. I was elated. Look at what happened. I found it as I had to change a tire. I posted about it on social media. I showed it to everyone. Look what I found in the last possible place. I doubt for many people that was rarely exciting, but in many ways, you've all been there. Why? Because that was a gift. Your wallet, your keys, your phone, those are crucial things to live out our lives. So when Jesus finds tax collectors, prostitutes, and sinners, people don't rejoice they start to ask questions. He's eating with them. And to eat with somebody, as I mentioned before, is to associate with them. To eat with somebody in public is to be identified as one who has no problem with how they're living their life. It still goes like this today. Who is eating with who? Did you see that person out to lunch with that other person? Do you remember what it was like eating lunch In school, I was regularly at the loser's table in the cafeteria. That is where the unwanted people would sit. No one really knew them. Nobody wanted to be around them. In fact, we hardly ever liked ourselves in many ways. Lunchtime was a certain anxiety. Who was I going to sit with? Who would be seen with me? And occasionally, if some sort of semi-popular person came around, you'd be like, hey, Maybe I've moved up. Jesus goes and he sits with the supposed bad people, the sinners. The Pharisees, the supposed good people, don't get it. They murmur. They grumble. They gossip against Jesus. Doesn't he know who these people are? There is no one, though, who is too lost for Jesus to eat with. There is no one too sinful for Jesus. There is no table at which Jesus will not sit. No person who is below him. He will go to everyone, every last sinner amongst us, tirelessly and restlessly. He searches for them just like you search for your lost phone, your keys, your wallet, or whatever else. High and low. He waits for them to come home, and he wants all of us to come home to him again. And he will not rest until we've all been found. This is why the end of the world has not come yet. Because the lost are still being found. Because the word of God is still going out from places like this. It's being hollered into other people's ears throughout the world. And Jesus has all the time in the world. 
He's not worried and panicked. Why? Because he's defeated death. He's already done the work, which was really our biggest problem. The biggest problem that we face, death, it's been taken care of. And Jesus says at that glorious moment, I, when I am lifted up, I will draw all mankind to myself. That's including you. It's including everybody who's outside of this place. The people under the overpasses and in the gutters. The people who are lost and yet don't know it. He has defeated death. He loved the world so much, even the world that would nail him to the cross. And still, even on the cross, he would call out for the lost. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Raised from the dead, he continues to seek out sinners. He pursues them to bring them all back home to him. This is an amazing and beautiful story that Jesus gives today about us and about everybody in the world. Even though the world has set its standards for everybody, even though the world puts people in various categories of people being popular, wealthy, famous, elite, or whatever, those ideas and categories are useless. If you don't have a slim waistline, a full head of flowing hair, yeah, this was written to me. If you are caught doing something embarrassing on social media, you get slammed to the ground. People cut you down. And in the end, how many of us look at others around us and look for them like Jesus looks for sinners. How many of us have looked at others as lost causes, too deep into specific pet sins that we like to point out, too lost, too much in the gutter, left alone for dead by the world, garbage people, who needs them? Get away, leave them alone, let alone don't be associated with them. But guess what? The sheep, the coin, and the son, the prodigal son, all have their value. They all have worth, even though they may be lost. This is why Jesus searches and waits for them. This is why he searches and waits for you. Who cares what your waistline looks like, or what clothes you wear, or what neighborhood you live in? Who cares what you do for a living or where you shop or what anybody thinks on that blasted computer or tablet? Jesus has found you. You are the apple of his eye. You are created in his image. You are the sheep of the Lord's flock, born by holy baptism. You are a coin that is stamped with the image of God. You are a son, a daughter, who has been given everything by your heavenly Father. And you as children will never be disowned, even if you waste everything. You are a child of God. You are saved by His precious blood. And the Father remains a Father, longing for the child to come home, no matter what you have said, you have thought, or you have done. The one thing that we're missing in today's sort of 
theme about losing things, the one thing that I haven't really mentioned is what happens after you lose that thing and realize it's lost. After you lose your keys, your wallet, or your phone, you go through the worry and the panic, and then you become angry. Your family asks you, where did you last have it? And you snap and say, I don't know, just help me. What kind of question is that? Can't you see I'm worried about this? I may have missed a beloved text message or FaceTime call. Help me in my peril. When things are lost and we cannot find them, we become angry. Angry at ourselves. And that anger overflows to those around us that we love. Even after we find that lost thing, our anger takes time to subside. Look at these parables again today. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the tax collectors, sinners, the garbage people. Does Jesus seem angry as they're lost? Do you hear about any of his anger in these stories? Does God seem to be disappointed in them? No. He is ever hopeful and ever loving. He will not give up on you or this world. You have purpose. You have value. You are worthy. You are precious because His Son shed His blood for you. The Lord will never give up on you. Come home and be found in Jesus. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.